Eddie Sanchez of the Bad Promoter coming at you on a Saturday night. I have the Julian Williams and Carlos Adame fight on my TV screen. They're just doing the walkouts right now. So looking forward to seeing what happens during this fight. And uh, as always, before we get into it, the drink of the day is a White Claw. And my flavor of choice is the Black Cherry. I feel like that's a little controversial opinion, but hey, it's what I like. Now you know I've been waiting for to do this pod for a couple days now. Canelo Alvarez had some huge news come out about uh, his immediate future coming this September and extending all the way until the end of 2024. Canelo Alvarez signed a three-fight deal with PBC Boxing that of course will include Jamal Charlo this September. Now I'll talk a little more in depth about that fight later on in the pod. I want to start off right now just to talk about what types of possibilities we have for Canelo Alvarez in 2024 for those final two fights. I'll go down the list. Of course, the number one guy that everyone wants him to face, outside of, of course, Charlo, who he's going to face in September, would be a David Benavidez. David Benavidez is one of the hottest names in the sport right now, and for good reason. He has a ton of power. He throws a flurry of punches. It seems as if he comes at you like a robot, just keeps moving, has a lot of energy, he's very young, and he's Mexican. There's a lot to like about this guy. He's got a strong fan base behind him. It seems that he's captivated everyone uh, from uh, the PBC side and a lot of people, even those like Mike Tyson, are saying that he can beat a Canelo Alvarez. Now, a lot of people have been accusing Canelo of uh, ducking him to this point, which I think is nonsense because Canelo Alvarez has won every belt within the 168-pound division, took on an insane challenge against Dimitri Bivol, even tried to rematch him, and then once the contract came about that it was not going to happen... He pivoted to PBC and signed this three-fight deal, which all but surely guarantees a fight with Benavidez in 2024. Now, with the assumption that Benavidez will be his second opponent or third opponent in the contract, that leaves one other opponent to take note of. So other options out there would be a a Jermel Charlo, the slightly younger brother uh, to Jamal. Of course, they're twins, but one of them has to come out first. Now, Jamel is undisputed at 154 pounds, so he would have to make a 14-pound weight increase at minimum to face a Canelo Alvarez. He's a really good boxer. I personally don't see this fight happening, and uh, the reason why I don't see this fight happening is because I think if he's able to beat uh, a Tim Zhu, I imagine that a Terrence Crawford is going to be waiting for him following that fight. And the reason why I say a Terrence Crawford is going to be waiting for him is because, of course, I think that Terrence Crawford is going to beat an Errol Spence Jr. Now, Errol Spence Jr. is also someone who has stated that he wants to face Canelo Alvarez. He's mentioned it as recently as last month and first brought this up about a year and a half ago. Again, I don't see him as a viable option because I see him losing to Terrence Crawford later on this year. 
I just think Terrence Crawford matches up very well with Errol Spence. We've seen Spence um, come into some trouble once he gets hit straight across uh, across the jaw. He doesn't really uh, maneuver as well with uh, boxers that can match his speed. Terrence Crawford is deceivingly extremely long when it comes to his reach. And I think that Terrence Crawford is a little more advanced in terms of his patience. You know, he's been on a tear in the welterweight division in terms of getting knockouts. And I think Terrence Crawford is going to be an Errol Spence Jr. So those are two guys that I think are not going to be Canelo Alvarez's opponents, but are at least up for consideration and have at least their name and within the hat. I think another option to potentially consider would be a David Morrell. I personally don't see this fight happening either. Not for the reasons I mentioned before to a Jamel Charlo or an Errol Spence Jr. I just I simply believe that David Morrell doesn't provide uh, the types of benefits to Canelo at this point in time. You know, he's very talented. He's very young. He's Cuban. So he has that Cuban fighting style that's very frustrating uh, for opponents. You know, you look back at Canelo Alvarez's career when he fought in Arislandi Lara. That was a fight that a lot of people, one, didn't think he was going to take. And then when he did take it, a lot of people thought he was going to end up losing that fight. There are those out there that believe he actually did lose that fight, but I think that's nonsense as well. I think Canelo Alvarez did more than enough to earn that victory and secure that victory. He was on the offensive uh, the majority of the fight. The main difference here is that while David Morrell has a a clear Cuban style of boxing, he's not as reserved as uh, most Cubans are. And uh, just given his natural size, I just don't see uh, Canelo Alvarez taking him on at this point in time. Some people are mentioning uh, Demetrius Andrade as a potential opponent. Man, I... I hope that's not an option. I really don't care about that fight at all. You know, he's a fine boxer. Exceptional amateur background, you know, competing in the Olympics. But he has been so frustrating throughout his career, especially in the last, what, six, seven years. He's averaging about one fight per per year. I just... I just don't see that as being the type of opponent that Canal Alvarez would take at that time. Um, another option that I'm thinking, this one's a little bit of a dark horse. There's going to be some you know, promoter hurdles to uh, juggle. But I think Badu Jack. I think if Badu Jack is holding on to his belt in 2024, given his past relationship with PBC and Al Heyman, I think Al Heyman can be leveraged to uh, work out a deal with the Saudis to do a cross-promotional bout to have Canelo Alvarez and Badu Jack in 2024. Now, of course, that fight only makes sense if Canelo is victorious in his next two fights, and that's assuming his next two fights are against Jamal Charlo and David Benavidez. But nevertheless, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a potential option, and out of these other five options that I just mentioned, I think that's got to be... Uh, the number one in terms of uh, what's likely. You know, if you want to go even darker, darker horse, when you bring the cross-promotional bouts, let's hope and assume 
that Archer Betterbeev and Dmitry Bivol end up fighting for Undisputed. I think whoever comes out victorious, Canelo Alvarez and Al Heyman, can leverage either the relationship with Dmitry Bivol, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom, and DAZN, or if Betterbeev is victorious, Al Heyman can leverage that relationship with Bob Arum, Top Rank, and ESPN to secure a light heavyweight fight. Now, I think if Bivol's the one who's victorious, you're going to get a ton of pushback from the Eddie Hearn side simply because I think he views it as in his best interest to simply wait until that contract is up. Canelo Alvarez can walk over there and then they don't have to split as much revenue. Now, if Better Beef is the one who actually wins the fight, that same logic would definitely apply, but Canelo Alvarez has never worked on ESPN does not have a relationship with Bob Arum, at least that one that is positive in terms of a working relationship. So I think he'd be more inclined to, uh, you know, dust his shoulders off, extend his hand out, shake the hand of Al Heyman, and work out a deal. Now that's an extremely down-the-line uh, potential option. I think in the moment we should focus on uh, Jamal Charlo and David Benavidez. Those are the two that people have been asking for for a couple years now. And again, that's not to set, take anything away from Canelo Alvarez because what he has been, done in the 168-pound division and what he's done to challenge himself at 175 pounds against Dmitry Bivol and then in the past against Sergey Kovalev, I mean, there's nothing negative you could say about that. That would be a positive thing to say <laughs> for the sport of boxing. Canelo Alvarez is the cash king. He's proved himself time and time again. And... Yeah, we just have to focus on what's out in front of us. Now, in terms of this fight that's coming up this September against Jamal Charlo, it's going to be very interesting. You know, I've talked about it in previous pods. I have it written on the on the blog, in Substack. Jamal Charlo has been out of the ring for quite some time. It'll be over two years by the time this September date falls. Now, I've seen, I've seen some uh, video footage of him, uh, you know, during sparring seen images of him on his Instagram, some other videos that people within his network have shared as well. He looks like he's in good shape. Now, whether you're in good physical shape versus good boxing shape, those are two completely different things. One, I would never disrespect a boxer in that front to say that he's going to come in, or she, if I'm talking about uh, a female fighter, that they're going to come in not 100% dedicated not 100% ready to go I think he will be I think he will be ready to go but that doesn't that doesn't mean there aren't any concerns um, as a as a viewer I, I imagine Jamal Charlo would take the first couple of rounds to really test out the waters to see what uh, Canelo Alvarez has he's definitely not the most reserved but he's a little more reserved uh, than someone like his his brother I think even though he will have done many rounds of training uh, in terms of sparring to get this fight with a Canelo Alvarez, it's a lot different once you step in that ring in front of that crowd. So I think that's going to be an opportunity for Canelo Alvarez to really rack up those early rounds, assert himself, adjust his style on the fly to whatever pace that 
uh, Jamal Charlo is giving him. And I think it's going to be a very, a very, very interesting fight. Oh, man, I'm watching uh, Julian Williams taking a beating at the moment. He's in the corner. Oh, he's coming out with some uh, nice counters. It's a really good fight so far, honestly. It's a round two, about a minute to go in the round. You know, Julian Williams, he had, he had a, a run a few years ago where a lot of people were, I don't want to say disappointed, but... When he beat Jermel Charlo, it was uh, it was quite a big deal. Of course, Charlo came back to win his belt, and uh, Julian hasn't really been the same, at least in terms of uh, a box office draw. But uh, you know, he's trying to earn his way back, at least to get a seat at that table. He's having some good counter shots right now, but he's not necessarily uh, utilizing his defense to the best abilities. You know, he's coming in with a high guard, but not really using uh, any head movement at the moment. He's moving, He keeps moving laterally, but Adamas, he's uh, standing sturdy. He's taking uh, control of the center ring, and uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a good fight so far. So, you know, a little, a little later on, I'll, I'll talk more about this fight, but uh, yeah, back on track. Jamal Charlo, man, I like that guy, and uh, even though he's been frustrating... Um, throughout his career and a lot of people can uh, say just as much as who he hasn't fought as who he has you know there's yeah some of that disappointment is warranted but we're getting a fight between him and Canelo freaking Alvarez man this is going to be awesome I think that this will easily clear a million pay-per-view buys Uh, both guys obviously have strong fan bases you have a classic african-american versus a mexican boxer that's huge you look at what floyd mayweather and uh, canelo Alvarez have done in the past think about all uh all the mexicans that uh adrian broner has fought it's big business man it's big business and uh, canelo Alvarez, you know he's been accused of ducking black fighters in the past which is nonsense uh you could just go down go down his resume um, you can pick out a Shane Mosley, you can pick out an Arislandi Lara, you can pick out an Austin Trout. It's it's nonsense. So I'm excited to see this fight. I think I think Canelo Alvarez has a chance to knock him out, but uh, I th- I would say it's a best bet that he'd come out of this with a unanimous decision victory. I think uh, Canelo Alvarez is gonna win some early rounds. I think Jamal Charlo is probably I would say around three or four to like five or six have a nice two to three rounds where it's going to be extremely competitive i think canel alvarez is going to make some adjustments you know win some win some close rounds and then essentially coast towards the end not in terms of him taking his foot off the gas pedal but i think he'll have fully figured him out but at that point i just think canel alvarez is too a little too more a little too advanced um for Charlo, especially given uh, him being out of the ring this extended period of time. Now, that's not to take anything lightly. That's not to take anything away from a drum Charlo. I'm telling you, man, this is going to be an awesome fight. And uh, I hope I hope we see some fireworks, man. I really do. All right, everybody. Now on to some MMA news. Bellator is up for sale. It's been rumored for quite some time, but uh, these rumors are accelerating at the moment. The Khan family has been uh, rumored to be interested in purchasing them. 
although uh, some members of the family have uh, taken shots at Ariel Hawani, saying that that's simply not true. But the big rumor in terms of a, a buyer would be the PFL, and I think this would be an absolutely amazing move if they can get this done, man. Um, you think about uh, the PFL roster, and you think about the Bellator roster, the possibilities if you can, if you can combine them. You put Pitbull on ESPN under the PFL banner. Whew, that's going to be nice, man. You add some more heavyweights for uh, Francis Ngannou, the newly signed uh, PFL fighter, to get some guys that he could he could face. That's going to be awesome as well. You know, there's some very good women under on the Bellator side of the coin as well. There's there's just a lot of possibilities, man. And if PFL is able to to purchase Bellator, that just uh, increases not only their stable, but it increases their market share, and uh, it honestly would should make the UFC a little nervous. Now, at this point in time, no one can truly compete with the UFC. They're clearly seen as uh, the top dog in the sport. A lot of people use the word UFC similar to, uh, say, a Kleenex, where it's a brand that's used to represent uh, a product. A lot of people speak of the UFC when really what they're trying to say is mixed martial arts. And once you have that disti- distinguish, it's it's hard to lose that as long as you're, you're putting in the work and you're, you're doing everything uh, the right way. I think the one thing um, that if the UFC doesn't change and the PFL buys Bellator, that's going to be their eventual downfall. I think the UFC is going to have to start paying their fighters a little a little better. You know, this is something that's been... Um, been said for a while but if the competition in terms of uh, another option for fans to engage with is becomes more prevalent then the UFC is going to actually have to uh, take some accountability and pay their pay their men and pay their women men it's uh it's a little gross you know there's posts on social media fighters sharing uh, images of their bank account either right before a fight or right after um, winning a huge fight. And, you know, these, these, these men and women have literally $100 in their bank account, sometimes even less, man, and it's, it's, it's disgusting, you know. No one who's putting their life on the line for a sport should be struggling to, to uh, you know, put food on their table at that, at that level, man. Like, you're on TV, you're, you're competing in what is supposed to be the highest the highest form of competition for your craft yeah you you should not be in a position to where you're not able to either feed yourself or feed your family at any given point in time and uh, I think that if the PFL is able is able to um, ink this deal to to secure uh, Bellator it's gonna be huge man it's gonna be huge because it just provides so many more possibilities. You know, they already have obviously a strong relationship with ESPN, being that they're featured on them. They have a little bit different style in terms of uh, what type of product the viewer is seeing. You know, it's a tournament-based, season-based, and uh, you know they're on Friday nights. UFC's on Saturday nights. That's something that's that's uh, 
going to distinguish themselves from, from the other brand. You know, now that they have a, a Francis Ngannou, you know, you have Clarissa Shields occasionally doing fights with them. You have a Kayla Harrison. Like, these are big, big box office draws. You give uh, Pitbull, assuming, of course, Bellator is purchased by PFL. You give Pitbull um, a primetime slot on ESPN. Like, that's huge. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to cost a lot of money, but I think it's going to be a risk worth taking for them. And I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going on. So just to give you guys a little update about this fight, fourth round, Carlos Damas was laying the hammer on uh, Julian Williams, man. It looked like for a second he was going to knock him out of the ring. Um, Julian Williams was hanging over the edge of the ropes. The ref didn't call a knockdown, but he separated them so he could be uh, standing square in the, in the ring. Now we're in round five, and uh, Julian Williams has uh, recovered a little bit. You know, he's utilizing his jab more. He's coming with some right crosses. Carlos Adamas is still coming at him with some hooks. But uh, Julian Williams is doing a little bit of a better job counterpunching. His right hand is uh, is really the one punch that's keeping him in this fight at the moment, it seems like. Um, you know, he's coming up with some uh, some upper uppercuts. But Carlos Adamas isn't going anywhere. They're both standing in the center of the ring. And, uh, yeah, this is a great fight. On the other side of the coin, on, on the zone, Edgar Belonga's fighting right now. Um, not sure how that fight's going, but I imagine Berlanga is going to come out victorious in that fight, just given how he's been promoted recently. And, uh, you know, just side note on Berlanga, it's a little, it's a little uh, frustrating, I'd imagine, for him and his camp. You know, they signed with Match Room, hoping that they get a fight with a Canelo Alvarez. It seemed like that was going to be a possibility. And it, it very well could be a possibility in 2025, but it's not going to be something uh, this year or next year with uh, Canelo being on PBC. So, yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff to, to like about what's going on uh, in boxing and mixed martial arts right now. Whew. I just can't wait for this... Uh, Canelo Alvarez and Jamal Charlo fight, man. And I absolutely can't wait for Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. Those are two huge fights. And uh, if there's one thing that can uh, you know, put the cap on top of this year, it's getting those two heavyweight fights, Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk. We get that card, whew, man, it'll make 2023 the best year in quite some time. And, you know, it's already trending that way as is. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to The Bad Promoter. As always, keep up with me online at thebadpromoter.com. Keep listening to the podcast on Spotify, follow my Substack, and keep up with me on Instagram and Twitter at The Bad Promoter. Let's get it.